Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast, episode 172, White Night. I serve as your humble and oh-so-gracious host, Bryce Isaiah, and I thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you could be so kind to ensure that you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and my Uncle Pookie is back, so you could get it from him outside the back of his car. Okay, make sure you hit subscribe, write a review, and give your baby boy some five stars. What's the tea, Purple Pants Posse? How is everyone holding up? Summer is officially here. We in July. Okay. Somebody said, Ooh, what you doing for uh, Independence Day? I said, what Independence Day? They said the 4th of July. I said, and who free? Okay. Because listen, I'm trying to figure out land of the who? Home of the what? Okay. Ain't no Independence Day over here being celebrated, okay? I celebrated Juneteenth, but I hope that you guys were able to have a good day off because, listen, I will always celebrate a paid work holiday, okay? Listen, I'm just telling y'all the truth. A huge shout-out I want to give to all of the amazing and strong, powerful voices that were on last week's episode, Her Choice. And woof, when I just tell you the Purple Pants Posse, is strong and vocal and I am with you, her body, her choice. And if you have not got a chance to go back and listen to episode 171, her choice and listen to all of the amazing women that spoke on how they felt about the overturning of Roe versus Wade. I've probably listened to that portion of the podcast about eight times already. And each time it's just gives me chills. Um, I, you know, your baby boy is a crybaby. And it just to, to hear from such powerful women, it's truly an honor to be able to have a platform um, and to be able to, to share that. So again, thank you so much to all of the amazing women that uh, lent their voices to such a important issue that we need to be speaking up about and we need to be hearing each person's perspective on it. And we need to make sure in November in these midterms that we go out and we vote. 
But I hope that you guys have had a good day off, okay, a paid holiday. And, you know, just enjoying yourself. Your baby boy has been trying to just, you know, get into my relaxation mode. I feel like I have to have a thousand things going on. And uh, at times I just need to tell myself, baby boy, have a seat, have a cocktail, enjoy a movie, enjoy a little, you know, out and about. And also, so I've also been thinking about this, but I don't know how I feel. So I'm going to let the Purple Pants Posse let me know. So I also have been thinking about doing a new segment. I don't know the name of it. Okay, so don't ask me because I don't know the name of it yet. But I was talking to my friend Sarah the other week and I was like, you know what, girl? I'm going to actively start dating because I feel like I don't be dating and... Like, I, I do, but I, I don't put effort into it. Like, if a date come around, it come around. But I don't feel like I put effort into it. And, you know, if a companionship or love is something that your baby boy wants, you've got to put work and effort into it. And so I was like, you know what? In a month of July or, you know, this summer, I want to go on dates. I want to, like, you know, be experienced different things because I feel like the experiences that I have had ain't seeming to work out for your baby boy. So I wanted just to start a new segment where I just, I go on dates and I kind to sort of report back to y'all about the dates okay because i definitely went on a date last week and let me know if that is something that you would like to hear on the podcast i always get feedback that you guys love when i talk about real topics that are relatable and that i'm going through in life because you know you guys can relate or it's just good to hear a different perspective so listen you want to hear about your baby boy's dates let me know and we can start a new segment and your baby boy can talk about it but I hope that, you know, this podcast finds you well and that you are ready for a jam-packed episode. I really am excited for this week's episode. Okay, you know, we got the church announcements and I'm so excited for this exclusive interview with my friend and Purple Pants Posse member Desi Williams, who is competing in the challenge or the CBS, the challenge USA, which airs this Wednesday, July 6th at 930 on CBS. Okay, we got an exclusive interview for you guys. And listen, if you are subscribed to the Bryce Isaiah YouTube channel, then you can go over there and watch and listen to the video and listen, subscribe to their YouTube. Okay, give it a thumbs up and write in the comments what you think about the video but yes i'm so excited to have desi here okay then we've got Chappelle back and we are covering episode five of pink valley and big bay is heating up and then of course you know it's july so we've got our purple pants premonitions with gangsta gurry miss barb is dropping by some positive vibes for you and barb's message this week and we got the freak of the week okay listen what's a jam-packed episode so buckle up put your seatbelt on get wet your whistle listen we ain't got our whistle in a while wet your whistle it's the summertime okay and enjoy let's get into these church announcements On this week's church announcements, okay, the title of the podcast is White Night. Listen, I was watching Pink Valley, and it was a really good episode. So listen, y'all going to get into it after these church announcements. But the the term White Night or Night in Shining Armor came up, and I feel like at times we not live in this 
fairy tale world, but we are waiting around for somebody to save us. We're waiting around for that knight in shining armor to come rescue us from situations. And I'm just here to tell the Purple Pants Posse, the white knight, the knight in shining armor is not coming. And we need to be our own knight in shining armor. We need to be our own rescuer in our own situations. At times, we just sit and allow things to happen. I'm like, oh, I'll recover. And it's like, no, that's not what we're doing. We need to be able to get ourselves out of our own situations or have the 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 wherewithal to say, you know what, this this job ain't suiting me. This relationship ain't suiting me. This man ain't suiting me. This young lady is not suiting me. Hell, this car is not suiting me. And I need to figure out what I need to do to get myself up out of here. If I need to pick up some extra shifts at work to get me a new car, if I need to let this person that I am dating know that, listen, this is my worth and you don't deserve me. If I need to let this job know, I'm putting in my two weeks notice. If I need to get on Expedia.com, if I need to get on D.com and look up a new job, you know, like I, we need to be the person that comes in and saves us. I just feel like too many times, and again, I'm speaking for myself, okay, is that I will wallow in a situation, shoot, whether it be a friendship, and I'm like, you know what, this friend ain't really been a good friend to me, this friend always wants to be the victim, this friend always got something negative to say about me, this friend ain't never really support me how I'm supporting you, but I'm still in the friendship, because I'm like, oh, I want to be a good friend, like, no! Be your own knight in shining armor, and get yourself up out of that situation, save yourself, Okay? It's 2022. We out here saving ourselves. We are out here being vigilant. We are out here being smart and we are knowing our worth. Know your worth, Purple Pants Posse, and be your own knight in shining armor. It's a man who is a man you. Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. It's a man who is a man you. Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. And we are back this week with an exclusive, exclusive Purple Pants podcast interview. I am so excited to be joined by Desi Williams, contestant on the upcoming The Challenge USA season that will be airing July 6th at 9.30 on CBS. So let's, I want to say let's formally welcome Desi to the podcast. But if you are an OG Purple Pants podcast member, then you know this is not Desi's first time on the podcast. She has come on multiple times covering a lot of different shows but anyway welcome back to the podcast of my boo my friend desi williams thanks bryce you know i love the purple pants podcast i love the posse so glad to be back it's been yes. a it is it has been a while it's been even longer since you've been on our tv screen so it's so i the excitement that i have for you when I learned that you were going to be on the challenge, you know, I was going crazy. Okay. Baby boy was the number one fan from day one. I appreciate it. Listen. So you're the first interview and I'm happy for it to be you. Yes. I'm so excited to have this exclusive interview and just shout out to CBS for allowing this to happen. Um, I really want to just get into before, you know, we know you from Survivor, but before Survivor, I don't know if people like really know that you're Desi Williams, the two-time Miss Virginia uh, of the USA pageants. Like, I, like, I don't know if people really know that about you. 
you got fancy, right? <laughs> this is real fancy. Okay, listen, we stepped our game up on the Purple Pants Podcast. Yes, and if you can also follow along to this exclusive interview on the Bryce Isaiah YouTube page. So go over there, click, click subscribe, and give this video a thumbs up. But yes, come on, Miss Virginia, two times. Like, what was that experience like for you? Whew. So I competed at Miss America first and then Miss USA about two years later. Um, the two experiences are like completely different but they're I mean either way they're stressful they're strenuous like Miss America you spend 15 days there like preparing for competition night Miss USA it's 10 days before final competition um but what I will say is like I went into Survivor fresh off of like this whole long four or five year pageant journey um and one thing pageants do do is like they don't turn you into a different person but you do feel like you have to be like a certain like way so you feel like you always have to be politically correct like there was a part of me that felt like I couldn't curse in public like so I could be me but like a small portion of me so overall the experience was great it certainly like opened up my my eyes to the world of like bigger things and entertainment and being on stage in front of millions of people like that was something I'd obviously never experienced before that um but on the flip side of that it does sort of morph a little bit in your head, like what you think is okay and not okay to say in front of millions of people on television. So do you feel like that helped you at all on Survivor, uh, kind of coming from the pageant world, Miss Miss Virginia, um, and going into Survivor? Because, you know, I, I didn't play Survivor as long as you. I feel like I was out there for nine to 11 days. You were out <laughs> there on uh, Heroes, Hustlers, and Healers for 21 days. Do you feel like that sense of being on the stage and performing helped you in the Survivor game because we do know being on Survivor, it is a performance. You have to act. You got to lie. You got to like stab people in the back. Do you feel like that at all helped you? So I think it helped and hurt. The way it helped me is like, I do feel like I was never a hated player. You know what I mean? Like in the world of patents, you learn how to be adaptable and depending upon who you're talking to, like you know how to talk to that person to make, make sure you're not ruffling their feathers the wrong way. So I will say in that regard, it helped me, but I say the one way in which it probably hurt me on Survivor was I was too afraid of being disliked, mm. where I felt like I was always kind of walking on eggshells. And there were certainly times on Survivor where I felt like, you know, in retrospect, I should have spoken my mind a little bit more firmly, like I should have stood my ground. But I feel like I was so afraid coming from this pageant world of being like this perfect version of me that is acceptable to everyone um that that ultimately was part of my downfall in the game um but i will say like i didn't make any huge enemies in the game of survivor and that is something most people can't say unfortunately it's funny that you say that because I recently rewatched your season uh, just because I was like, let me just watch this and see what my girl Desi up to. And it is interesting because me knowing you outside of the game, I know that you are a very lively, uh, very upfront person, speak your mind, opinionated. And I do think that it is interesting that pre-merge, you were like, I don't want to use the term invisible, but you were definitely like held back and I feel like it wasn't until you kind of sort of made the merge and you met up with our homeboy the Joe that is the Mena, uh where we really got to see it almost seemed as, as if like you got the permission to like it's time to go full throttle let me bring this home for the people yeah I would say that to a certain extent and Joe really like from you know Joe we had our ups and downs but from day one like I did trust Joe in the game much more than probably anybody else did 
Um, so I do feel like you got to see like a very small glimmer of my personality maybe, but I was still holding back because I'm, I was still so conscious and aware of there being cameras, even though there's a camera on you 24 seven, like even when you're asleep, there is a camera on you. Uh And people said like, oh, you get used to it. You don't even notice the cameras are there. Like there was never a point for me where I was like, being on TV. Like I always had like, I'm on TV, all these little pageant girls watching me. Like I need to make sure I'm still at the end of the day on my best behavior. So yeah, I would agree with what you said, where I kind of felt like, yeah, I I was invisible because I didn't want to ruffle any feathers. And that's how, you know, that's what's entertaining. Well, I completely get it because I feel the same way. Like my first season on I'm my first season. Like I got On my original season, I felt the same way. I felt um, at the time when we recorded Survivor Kageon, I did not realize that I was going the op- the first openly gay black player. I knew that I was going to be a black gay player. And for me, that really kind of like was always in the back of my mind. I do not want to come off as like lazy. I don't want to come off at like all of these things. And so there's just I feel like as people of color, you being a black woman, me being a gay man, like there are so many things that we feel like we have on our back that we have to represent and we have to like. And I really wish that in retrospect for me, that I just played my, like myself and trust enough in myself to know that I'm a good human being. I might be a little mm-hmm. spicy at times, but you know, sometimes people need a little spicy. Um, do you feel like, well, I feel like another thing that people don't realize about you uh, during Survivor is that girl, you was, a, you was a challenge beast out there, okay? You played no games when it came to the challenges on Survivor. Now, is that something that you were all, that you knew that you would be good at? Or do you feel like, you surprised yourself out there. I will say, and another kind of carryover from pageants is like, although all people see is like the pretty stuff on TV with pageants, like if you are a successful pageant winner, you have trained your butt off, you have had discipline, you have been the most uncomfortable and still pushed through. Like there are those elements of pageant preparation. Um, So I felt like I wasn't ever going to be the worst at a challenge, but I will say I surprised myself even on survivor like because nothing you do on survivor is something you would ever do in normal everyday life like right. you know nothing um so it was sort of like confidence building to be like oh i got this oh i got this too oh y'all think this is hard this really ain't that hard um so again like it was helpful but there were moments of the show and even watching it back like when jeff would be like look at desi making this look easy and I feel like I was trying so hard to be like under the radar that I was like, why does this man keep blowing up my spot? Like, just <laughs> let me be great under the radar so don't nobody else know that this challenge really ain't that hard. Oh. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that for every challenge, but there were certainly like challenges where I saw people struggling and I was just like, mm, what's really happening here? Oh. Um, so it, it was somewhat shocking, but I knew deep down inside, like I come from the world of competitive cheerleading. I ran track for a while. So like, I knew I had that competitive spirit in me. For me, when I first saw you on the screen, I was like, oh, she's going to be a physical beast because them calf muscles that you got, girl, they are nothing to be played with. Um, And, you know, and so I guess it's been pageant world, then it's been Survivor. And I guess the world, honestly, has not seen you that much, even though you're around, you out, you are very much present on social media. But, you know, to the casual fans, they have not been they don't know really what's been up with you. And so I just want to take this opportunity because, you know, 
people don't know, it's not Desi Williams. It's Dr. Desi Williams. Okay, you have a doctorate in PT. And I know that over COVID, you have started your own company, A Plus Care. Like, can you please tell us what A Plus Care is and how it came to be? Okay, that was like a loaded introduction. I know, I know, I know. Listen, it's the Purple Pants podcast, girl. You know. Right, we tied on time. Yeah, so life has definitely changed a whole bunch since I was on Survivor. Like when I was on Survivor, I was working as a professor in Virginia. I have now moved to Los Angeles. Um, And so for people who are like interested in LA or are not familiar with LA, LA is like expensive, like dumb expensive. So I came in working as a PT and I just was like, trying to pan out my life 20 years from now and I'm like I cannot keep on working as hard as I'm working to make what I'm working and live a comfortable lifestyle in LA so that was kind of the impetus that I was like okay I need to figure out something else and although I've never been that interested in the world of entrepreneurship like I feel like that is the way to be successful as an you know independent person especially as a minority like if you want to climb the ladder and make some real money like you do have to start your own thing and stop making money for other people so that was kind of the impetus for starting a plus care so it's a mobile physical therapy and occupational therapy company um we're under we've undergone our kind of credentialing experience to become a home health agency as well um so right now we just provide pt and ot we go to people's homes uh, but we're working on getting the credentials to also provide nursing and speech and uh, home health aids to help people like shower and bathe. So it become this kind of like complete healthcare company to service mostly older adults um, is our clientele. Yes, I love that. And being an entrepreneur and kind of going through the credential process and filling out all of the, the paperwork that goes along with this, I'm sure it was an experience. And do you think that that has helped and prepared you uh, in a different type of way for the challenge. Whew, it's still an experience. <laughs> and that's one thing that's one thing about being an entrepreneur. Like every day presents a new challenge and you have to like not to I guess unintended pun, but you have to like rise to that challenge and just figure it out. Um and so I do think that type of resilience that you create as entrepreneurs certainly serves you well in a game like the challenge or any kind of competition game because you know that like you can't win them all. And if you let one kind of slip in the road stop your whole momentum, like you're screwed. Um, So I will say it was another kind of confidence builder, resilience builder for me to be like, like we have made mistakes over and over again, as I'm sure all entrepreneurs do. And I have had like really sad, dark days and really happy, excited days. Um, And I'd say, you know, if you stay on any competition show for long enough, you are going to feel that same kind of rainbow of emotions. Um, But it's, you know, you've heard, you hear time and time again, like it's how you pick yourself up from those lows that make the biggest difference. Um, and so I will say that being an entrepreneur and having to pick myself up over and over again certainly was helpful for what happens on the challenge. Yes. Okay. Well, listen, now, now let's get to the nitty gritty. Let's get into why the people is here. The challenge. First of all, let's talk about the, this, the photos. Okay. Now, you know, I'm, I'm a little biased to some of the people on the challenge, but you know, baby, you came out swinging with these promo photos, Desi. I did my best, you know, I did what I did. Um, I mean, one thing you do do in pageants is a lot of taking photos. So they were like, okay. oh, today we having a photo shoot. I was like, okay, say less. Like, even if I fail at anything else that happens in this house here, one thing I can do is take a photo. Listen. So I, 
So it was not in Argentina, but I came as ready as I could. Okay, listen, you and I have had a couple of photos in our days of us together, and you always stay ready. You okay? You stay ready. You stay with a quick beat. You stay with your hair up, um, and I love it. So I guess my first question about the challenge was, were you surprised when they reached out to you uh, to participate in the challenge? I was. I mean, you kind of laid it out at the beginning of this. Like, nobody has heard from Desi Williams. And what, it was 2017 when I competed on Survivor. Like, that was almost half a decade ago. So I for sure thought my reality TV career was gone. Like, and I wasn't sad about it necessarily. I would love, I love to compete, but I had kind of made peace with the fact that those days were behind me. Um, so yeah, I was excited. I was nervous. I was, uh, but most of all, just like honored that they're creating this cast. And somehow somebody like dug my name from the bottom of the barrel to give me this opportunity. No, well, it's definitely not digging your name from the bottom of the barrel because anyone knows that watches Survivor knows that you went out extremely too soon and uh, you're a beast. You're a competitor. Were you, what was your training or before I even ask you that, like, what was your experience of the challenge? Did you watch the challenge? Were you like me back in the old days with MTV Roll Rules and they did the first couple of challenges <laughs> with like Melissa, Julie, uh, Rufia, all of them? Like, did were you on that same level of watching the challenge? Yeah, I would definitely say I was like an old school challenge fan for sure. Um, and my mom, like I had to tell her, I used to like I used to sneak watching MTV when the like original real world Road Rules challenge was on. I was not allowed to watch MTV. So I would be like, I'd have my little remote control, my finger on the last button in case my mom walked into the room. So I could change from MTV to PBS. So she thinks I'm watching Arthur. But like I was not allowed to watch MTV. Um, but I was always obsessed with real world road rules like I was I remember that being like my childhood dream like I would love to go on road rules wow. um, and then they created like this real world road rules challenge and I was like this is even better like I would love to do that so to now literally 20 plus years later like get the opportunity is like literally a childhood dream come true like a 10 year old like I am completely satisfying every dream my 10 year old self had um so it's it was really special. That is so, that's something I never knew that that was really one of your dreams. And I think that it's so important um, to have Black women on shows like this because, you know, I watch the challenge and, you know, sometimes the diversity is a little lacking. And if we go even to on a deeper level, the diversity of brown skin girls, chocolate girls are none at times. And so when I was able to see the cast and to see like the amazingness that they had, like, you know, between you, Tasha, uh, Cachet, Justine, like, you know, just the, uh, the, the array of melanism for me, I just was like this brown skin girl at home to be able to see these beautiful women on a show that historically doesn't normally like have such an array of a cast I think is uh really great and so I'm just so excited to learn that that was uh, a dream of yours to be on the challenge what was it like how did you prepare to go on a challenge um I mean I think people think that we're given like this long time to prepare before we go on the show like it doesn't really work like that like you know there are people who found out literal days before oh, wow. so luckily for me like I work out a lot I tend to be in shape 
Um, the only thing I really added to my routine was doing more, like try to do more distance running. I tried to add swimming um, because, you know, like most black folks, like I can stay alive in the water, but I ain't racing nobody through the water. Um, so I tried to add some swimming to my routine to kind of get better with that. Um, but that was, those were the biggest things I changed was just a little bit more endurance training and then trying to learn that. I feel again. like I have to ask to ask. Did you have a trainer? <laughs> um, I, I know why you asked so my boyfriend loves to think that he was my trainer and I will say we went to the gym a few times and lifted together I don't typically like lift a lot of heavy weights to the gym um so yeah I guess shout out to Jeremy yes. my my who he thinks is my trainer whatever he can he can be my trainer listen we're so. team Jeremy <laughs> over here um and listen we don't have a lot of time with you CBS is very strict on their time policy <laughs> but I want to just say that I um was so excited to learn that they were doing this big brother amazing race survivor love island and for me just to see the cast of the big people, the names that they picked, um, and for me to just have so many personal relationships with so many people on this cast, uh, especially the survivor realm, and, and for me to know literally every one of the survivors, I was so excited, but again, um, Wendell and I did a first glance video where this is back when they were rumored, and people were rumoring it, and your name had came up, and I gave my list of who I thought could win, and it was Tasha Fox. Sarah Lucina and my girl Desi Williams. And so you know myself and the Purple Pants Posse will be getting behind you this Wednesday, July 6th at 9.30 to be Team Desi. Before we go, is there what can we expect from a Desi on this season? We gonna get, uh, like, what, what can we expect? Or can <laughs> we expect expect the unexpected? I mean, I think expect the unexpected. I think I don't know what to expect either. I mean, you've been on reality TV. I've been on reality TV. You never know how anything's going to play back. Um, so I am hopeful that like people are able to see a little bit more of my personality this season versus what they were able to see on Survivor. Um, I hope I, I think I felt more comfortable in who I am. Obviously, I'm five years older. I'm in my 30s now. Um, so I say expect the unexpected, but like stay tuned and... Uh, yeah, make sure to check it out. That's the easiest way to find out because I don't know what's going to be shown the same way y'all don't know what's going to be shown. Yes. Well, listen, you know, it's Team Desi over here. And before you go to anyone that is listening or watching on the Bryce Isaiah YouTube channel, please let them know where they can follow you at on the Instagram, the Twitters. And yes, Desi is on the TikTok now. And if you have not been following Desi on the Instagram, you are doing yourself a disservice because she is blessing your timeline multiple times a day. She is giving you reels. She's coming out of the water. She's showing you filter, not filter. She Listen, you're getting it all. So Desi, where can they follow you at? Um, on Instagram, I'm Desi J. Williams, D-E-S-I-J Williams. Uh, same thing on Twitter, but like my Twitter game ain't that hot. Um, <laughs> and TikTok, we work on it. We're, we're working on it. TikTok, I'm also trying to make my way, but my TikTok is doctor, so just B-R, Desi J. Williams. Yes. Well, Desi, it's been an honor to have this exclusive, let me say it again, exclusive interview with you ahead of the new Challenge USA that will be premiering July 6th on CBS. Desi, it's an honor. You know, I love you, Team Desi, all the way. Uh, I can't wait to see how you do. We will talk soon. But listen, before we go, it's a... It's a... It's a... 
it's a purple pants podcast. Hey. I mean, I could do the whole song if you. Oh, want. I mean, well, let's well, let's touch 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 your posse member card. Oh wait, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a purple time pants to unwind. Pie. I want to get some box wine. Hey, yes, love me. I'm not gonna do the whole thing. Let me say okay, that. listen, I'm listen to be a little. Yes, and listen, maybe we can schedule it now, but maybe uh, after the season air, we can get you for a post-season interview and, and see what the real tea is. But honestly, love you, Desi. Thank you so much. And we are rooting for you over here at the Purple Pants Podcast. Love you too. Keep in the menu, rolling. Keep in the menu, rolling. Keep in the menu, rolling. Keep it rolling. And we are back this week with your P-Valley recap, episode five, White Night. And whoo, listen, the episodes are getting juicy. And of course, I cannot cover P-Valley by myself. So I had to call in the man, the myth, the nothing but Chappelle back to the podcast was popping. Hey, Spicey. Thank you for having me back. Uh, Bryce, this week, this this show is getting good, man. <laughs> I, was, I was on the edge of my seat. I couldn't wait to talk to you. I, first of all, my routine is, I, first of all, sometimes I don't know, like, if I, I'll get up, my sleep pattern is just shot. Just, you know, I get up sometimes three in the morning and then I watch cooking videos or I watch people clean videos or I watch TikTok videos. But on Sunday mornings, this morning I got up, it was 4.45. I put P-Valley right up on. I'm like, I don't know if my neighbors is up or not, but they're going to be up tonight. Yes, it's must do. Must see TV every week. I'm I'm ready. I'm, I'm so salty that these seasons are so short because we're about halfway through, right? I mean, if the season is projected to be a 10 season episode, uh, if it's projected to be 10 season or 10 seasons, 10, 10 episodes, episodes. Yeah. Then yes, we are halfway through, which makes it so uh, just heartbreaking because I feel like, you know, people were complaining about the first episode. They were saying it wasn't good enough. They felt like it was slow, but I really felt like P Valley and the writers did a great job of setting up the the story of this season because y'all can say what you wanted about the first episode, but baby, it's not much you can say about the second, third, fourth, and fifth episode. Mm-hmm. They keep getting better. Like every episode, I think is better than the one before it. I really do think this was the best episode last week. I think up until that point was the best episode. And so I think, yeah, they just keep outdoing themselves. And now, you know, I talk about a lot of scripted television. So I always get to the point about halfway through the season where I start wondering, are they going to be able to end it strong? You know, is the season uh, going to like be able to wrap everything up and you not be like, dang, I feel like I wasted my my time. And we don't know when the next season is going to come and, you know, and how many more seasons we have. So this is where I start to get weary because I can see the end coming, you know, from a mile away. Well, it's one thing for sure. It will definitely be ending strong. I can already feel like we probably will be upset because we will have a lot of unanswered questions because so much is in the air right now. Uh, But this episode five, White Knight, really kind of is a new glance in P-Valley. We've never seen an episode like this. And I have to say that I quite enjoyed it. It was more a backstory, a reel of Keyshawn, aka Miss Miss Mississippi's her story and us as viewers really get to kind of like 
understand her so much more. And I think backstories are so important. And before we started recording, you know, I was just talking to you about my work in social work. And um, I feel like in a lot of the cases that when children abuse other children, um, and like I was telling you, nine times out of 10, if it's a male person of color, people tend to look at that abuser like, who is like the criminal and this and that. And I, I feel like I, I try never to take that stance. I always try to understand, well, one children abusing children, like a, a child being a child abusing someone is not normal. And clearly something has happened to that child. And I feel like before we can cast judgments or before we can say what the, the child needs, it, it, it's so good to hear to understand the backstory. And so I think they did a great job of setting us up for understanding who Miss Mississippi is, because honestly, I love her character, but in the lines of the characters of the show, I mean, she, she might be like, how about how I was feeling about her is like, it might be autumn, then her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, she, we've gotten the least about her up to this point. Even with Autumn, you know, we know that Autumn has a mysterious background, but we get a lot more of Autumn's day to day. You know, we know what Autumn's going through. Her love life is like, you know, business wise, what she's going through. We kind of know that she's run from some stuff in her past. We know some stuff about, you know, her child and the, the guy that died, you know, so there's a lot of stuff there. With Keyshawn, we really have never dove into what made Keyshawn Keyshawn. How did she get to the pink? Like uh, with Mercedes, we even learned. How she ended up there, you know, we learned that she was a, a teen mom and, you know, we know the whole backstory with her and Terika's dad. And so for a lot of them, aside from Uncle Cliff and Mississippi, I think we really haven't explored, you know, as far as the people at the pink. Now, of course, there's still a little murders backstory that you could get into. But I think there's a lot of room to explore who these characters were before we met them. And I think if this is the first of many of those, then I really enjoyed how the show did it because I think they did a really good job. Right. But my issue with that is. In this episode five, we don't got enough episodes for everybody. <laughs> we don't. We really don't. So it's like maybe next season we get a peek into what makes Uncle Cliff tick, you know, or maybe it's just not that important. Maybe Mississippi is the person who we should be focusing on for what's to come in season two right now, you know. And so who knows? But I really enjoyed it. So I do hope that they kind of take this narrative and even if they got to let Uncle Cliff narrate them all, you yeah, know, like I, a fairy tale. I thought that was pretty cool. I was living for uh, Uncle Cliff narrating. It's the show on BET called like Women Mobsters or Women Gangsters. And they always have like different like rappers narrating it. And like Remy Ma and Little Kim have narrated the story. So I always think it's funny when it's someone I love narrating uh, the story. It's so great. So we get Uncle Cliff narrating this episode. And, you know, throughout the episode starts off with uh, Keyshawn. And she is signing another deal she's got another wig deal and it's not looking like any wigs that the ladies that i know will wear it's giving very much so party store synthetic don't party central (laughs) not the party city wigs (laughs) don't hold a candle near her because she is flammable yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a lace front deal, though, is very much like something that you can definitely see in this day and age for like these black influencers. Because man, Bryce, you remember a few years ago, lace fronts had the people in the in in the chokehold. It was like the hottest thing on the block. I remember my aunt used to say, "I'm gonna give me one of them front laces, yeah. said, not front lace." <laughs> 
Can somebody please cue up Solange? Don't touch my <laughs> hair. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, Keyshawn is not too happy about it, but Rome sells it to her. And, you know, he also sells it to her that, hey, listen, we're kicking off two more weeks of the Dirty Dozen tour. And Keyshawn is like, but wait a minute. I thought we supposed to be ending. I need to get home to my family. And Rome's like, I've already talked to Derek. We're working it out. And, you know, you got to get ready for your big night tonight. Tonight is Miss Mississippi night. Yeah. And I think one of the things that stands out here is, of course, we know Keyshawn is ready to go home. She's having her moment, but she does want to go back to her kids. She, we also know that she's probably afraid of Derek. And so even though Rome is saying, I got it handled, a big part of her it wants to be back at Chuckalisa. Um, and Uncle Cliff narrating the show does make a very good point here. He says that Keyshawn is one of those people that just has a knack for wanting people to save them. You know, like she she might not be asking for you to save her, but something about her energy says step in and help me. And we're seeing a lot of that from Rome. We're seeing a lot of that from Uncle Cliff. We've seen a lot of people kind of try to take Keyshawn under their wing in different ways. And throughout this episode uh, and throughout the season so far, I think you could say that in a way, Keyshawn probably doesn't need it as much as people think that she does. She can take care of herself in a lot of ways. And in a lot of ways, she uses that to her benefit and allowing people to step in or allowing people to like overstep and do things. And she kind of maneuvers those chess pieces around her to work for her. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And so it's a big night. Uh, You know, I don't know. What city are we in? I I, I don't know what city. I don't know anymore. We didn't go from Birmingham to I think they're still they're like still in Alabama, I think at this point. Uh, But or maybe they were going home. Maybe they were back in Mississippi for Mississippi night. I I think that makes sense. Okay. well, listen, they brought out the okay the 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 quintessential stripper that has turned to uh, reality star influencer to, you know, executive producer, Dion. Do it like a job day. Hey, yes. hey, do it like it shall be day. Hey, hey, okay. Jocelyn Hernandez, Stevie. Okay, was no Stevie tonight. And also shout out to Jessica Dime piece that was in the building. Yeah. And, uh, Miami Red or Miami, whatever. Uh I forget her name. Miami Fox. Something. <laughs> Come on, name dropping these strippers. Listen. Well, listen, just, it's, they it, they they was giving them their flowers. I think that was a big part of this moment. You know, Jocelyn's talking about giving flowers to Mississippi, obviously, but they say like the most famous stripper of all time, and they call out the Puerto Rican princess here, <laughs> Jocelyn. And I'm thinking, I like Jocelyn, but Cardi B is right there. I mean, like I mean, you were talking about the most famous stripper between Cardi B and the game. Jocelyn might be third. I mean, listen, it's for <laughs> television. We get it. But what's what was taking me out? If anybody has watched. Loving Hip Hop New York, Loving Hip Hop Miami, uh, where Jocelyn has been on at times. It is, it is hard to understand the Jocelyn accent. And I was too done when they had to voice over Jocelyn. <laughs> like, Jocelyn <laughs> clearly did the lines, but like they had her go in the studio and was like, read this slowly <laughs> and clearly. And they dubbed that recording track over Jocelyn. Cause I was just like, Jocelyn's lips are moving, but it's given, you know, a Netflix movie at this point because. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so funny with, uh, yeah, Jocelyn is, she gets up, she's going to get the captions on every time. Like on, on, on Love and Hip Hop, they put the captions on. She's speaking fluent English, but sometimes she get caught up. She be talking too fast uh, and it don't really translate. And I can see 
how on this show it also wouldn't translate because a lot of them are getting captioned too because of uh, their strong southern accents. Uh, but yeah, seeing Jocelyn here trying to make sense of what she's talking about, she is she is wild. I mean, watching Jocelyn on these like I always see these clips on Twitter from these shows that she has on Zeus. What is it? The Jocelyn's Cabaret mm, and stuff like that. Jo- Jocelyn crazy as hell. So to see her in this spot, I was like, this makes sense. This really does. But it also is just like art imitating life in the sense of, you know, here it we have this show about female dancers and them trying to make it out of the, the dancing world. And it, what a prime example to have somebody like Jocelyn, whether you like her or not, you have to respect her business hustle, whether you like her music or not. She got Insecure playing her music. She got P-Valley playing her music, starring her. It's just really, I, I just love to see the fact that, again, in P-Valley, not only are they talking about real black issues and and real things that affect the black community, here we are to have someone like Jocelyn Hernandez on the show is just for me kind of sort of crazy. Uh, but again, you know, Mississippi has her night. She's performing for Jocelyn and Dime and all these other people. And then, you know, she meets Jocelyn and Jocelyn's like, here's my card. Uh, come talk to me. I want to holler at you. And we then start to go down the backstory of Keyshawn. And we see where it all started from. And, you know, to be a woman to dance on the pole, it's, it's, it's a very competitive sport. It's not something that is for someone that is out of shape. And we see that Keyshawn used to be a cheerleader. All of a sudden, P-Valley turned into cheer. I was like, well, where is Monica at? Because they were getting down and dirty on, uh, you know, showing Keyshawn really wanting to get in a cheer. And that's how we see how she met her baby daddy, Derek. Mm-hmm. And Gidget. Why was Gidget there? And I know. <laughs> Not Gidget, Gidget is Keyshawn really her high school, school friends. Right. Yes. You know, they, they called Gidget trailer park throughout the episode at certain points. And I'm like, but you know, that's, that's, you know, that's how class systems work a lot of times. Like if, if you feel like you're on the low end of the totem pole and you're in your population, you're going to go find the people who also feel like that. And so seeing Gidget hanging out with all the black people made a lot of sense. Um, but Keyshawn is the one who seemed to be struggling with that a little bit more. Uh, Cause I think from what we find out, of course, she is uh, a stepchild. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, her dad is married, this woman, uh, I don't remember her name. I don't, I don't know like her name either. I think it was like Aisha or something, but married the lady. And so stepmama is out here with her two light-skinned daughters and Keyshawn is the dark-skinned one. And so she starts to feel the effects of colorism and being other just because, you know, that's not her real mom. And so she's treated in a certain way, but Keyshawn kind of bougie as well. And so she really don't stand for the halfway stuff. We see her standing up for herself with the wigs and with the heels later on, but Keyshawn come from a background of like my daddy took care of me so I expect to be taken care of you know just like everybody else and so she's struggling with a lot of the the differences she's having with the people around her and I think it was also really good to see that Keyshawn comes from a upper middle class black family in the south uh Mm -hmm. her I, I don't know her dad travels a lot for quote unquote business but you know they're living mighty well uh, their house is beautiful. Clearly, they are coming for money. And again, you touched on the fact that, you know, she's got two stepsisters, Alicia and Laronica, who are happen to be lighter skinned than them. And again, you know, in the black community, we we suffer or 
the issue a lot of the time is colorism and the standard of beauty is the more lighter you are, the more finer your hair is, the more prettier you are because it's closer to European standards, although that's not the standards that we subscribe to. But again, it's a real issue in this community. Uh, the one thing that I did like about seeing this backstory of her sisters or her stepsisters is the fact, despite the fact of the stepmom being Literally, like, it's like the Cinderella story. Uh, and being the stepmom like the Cinderella-esque. I, now, was the Cinderella-esque in the Cinderella story, was that her stepmother too? Or was that like yeah. her auntie? Okay. No, that, so that was like her stepmom. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, but at least her sisters and her seem to have somewhat of a good relationship. Like, you know, they're not like, they seem to get um, Keyshawn and they understand it. And we see that, you know, Keyshawn, uh, finds, dare I say, love in Derek in a sense of, you know, Keyshawn didn't make the the cheerleading squad. She was a new to a, a school and she was suffering from bullyism. And Derek, baby, he stepped up to the plate and was out here doing some WWE on the basketball, on, the, on the, practically the whole football team. Yeah. And that was interesting to watch too, because uh, he steps uh, steps in to take up for her when one of the football players is being very rude. He even uh, and then he's the dude spits on Derek. Mm. And so Derek at that point beats him up and it beats up his friends, too. He beats up half the team, but the team gets suspended and Derek does not get suspended. Mm. Now, Derek says it's because they started it. But I'd argue and, you know, I've worked in education for a very long time. Normally, both sides got to take a couple days or something, you know, but Derek seems to just breeze on past this. I wonder why. I mean, why? Why? I wonder why. Uh, it still happens today. And it's so interesting because it's like those Derricks, in my opinion, grow up to be police officers. They grow up mm. to be, you know, like to have this like standard of uh, of power. So I, I thought that was really interesting that they even touched on that. Yeah, that yes, the black boys got suspended. Um we see uh, the sisters getting ready. I guess they're talking about this winter formal that everyone is like really excited to go to. And it's like, you know, the talk of the town. Uh, and one of the friends says like, well, you know, we're on the block is ever since this school got to be kind of more black, the white families now host their own separate white gala and they leave the regular school winter ball for essentially the black people. And everyone is getting ready for the show, or not the show, but the, you know, the the dance. Yeah. And, you know, Keyshawn is, has to get her sisters ready. We finally get to meet James, which is Keyshawn's daddy. And, you know, he is taking photos of what I believe probably to be his stepsisters because we know we, we learned the story. But before we get to the story of Keyshawn and her stepmom, James is, you know, taking the photos of the girl proms and they date typical black family stuff, you know, any prom, any, you know, what they call it, the, what's the, what's the soft hop junior prom, homecoming, you got to stand in the living room in front of the TV and you get your photos. Yeah. This was a good dance too, to do that. Cause I think this is the Christmas dance, right? So it's like, like you got the big tree in the background. And like you said, Keyshawn don't, she not broke. So they got like a big, fancy tree to take a picture in front of like you know there's somebody christmas cards uh but Keyshawn's just not in the photos because she doesn't have a date and you know i think a, like it's really hard to watch her dad just kind of hand her the the, uh, the camera and be like take a picture of all the pretty people right now the way they all dressed up like i would at least be like 
you know, Keyshawn, you know, you don't you don't have to take a picture, or maybe you go get dressed up to take a picture too, you know. But he just kind of just like, hey, girl, take this photo of me and all my my pretty kids, and that was hard to watch. Mm-hmm. But also, we got to see a little bit of the way Keyshawn's dad was very affectionate to uh, the older, allegedly the more cuter sister, Alicia. It was definitely giving uncomfortable vibes, and I think that that touches on a lot of different things. Um, and again. Uh, in black families and families a lot but again i can speak to you know only thing that i know is is black families and um a lot of inappropriate contact happens um with a lot of families and it's this hush hush don't talk about it and i think that we really get to see that with uh Keyshawn's dad uh kind of sort of like cuddling up to alicia and it's apparent that Keyshawn sees it too, but again, they don't say anything about it. And of course, we who wouldn't feel some type of way if like you watching your sisters get all dressed up and then knock, knock at the dough and here come Derek coming through the dough, the white knight, and he's got a whole <laughs> outfit, shoes for Keyshawn because he wants to take her to the winter dance. And Keyshawn gets dressed up. I'm trying to figure out how she got all that hair and makeup on that quick, but I mean, I guess for TV purposes, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And you know, Keyshawn, and, and we get to see why Keyshawn falls in love with Derek. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he really kind of showed interest in her when no one else was showing interest in her. Uh, not even like, you know, the black boys at school, clearly not her father, clearly not her, her stepmother. And here's this person that really shows interest in her and you know he takes her to the white formal and baby the people are looking them down you know Bryce I was looking at the the formal that the uh, the white kids were at and I was looking at the the party that everybody else was at and the party everybody else was at was okay. I mean <laughs> they were having a talk like I know they were playing one song across the board for both parties but that first party, I mean, they was going in at the at the Christmas dance. I mean, like that. This is my kind of party. I I, I could go to both, but honestly, if I gotta choose, I'm picking the other one. I would agree with you. Uh, before even Derek takes uh, Keyshawn to the dance, they kind of sort of it's raining. Keyshawn is walking home. Derek pulls up his Prius, and instead of taking Keyshawn home, they go to the diner and they are having they're eating. And who do we see uh, pop up in this flashback? None other than. Waitress Woodbine. Okay. <laughs> Still meddling and people business no matter what. Uh, Keyshawn, she asks if Keyshawn wants anything. Keyshawn wants some more disco fries and pass the Woodbine. Waitress Woodbine is saying, girl, that's all you're going to get? Right. And, uh, you know, she's like, is this a date? And Derek's like, no, this isn't a first date. If this was a first date, I would take you there. I would take you here. I would take you there. And Keyshawn is like, but would you take me home? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that's clearly a recurring issue that we see in this relationship with Keyshawn and Derek. And, you know, I don't know when this time is, but no matter the time, it's still the South and um, seems to be very Jim Crow. Jim Crow is over, but segregation still seems to be alive and well. Yeah. I mean, they came to a place where she was very comfortable. Uh, You look around and everybody in there is black, but also. Keyshawn Bougie. And so Derek is saying, I'll take you on a riverboat dinner and all this other stuff that she ain't never had before. So, of course, although she is very much black and these are the people that she's probably growing up around or, you know, people that she know, she can hear Derek basically selling a dream. Like, I'll take you here. I'll show you all these big things. And so she's just trying to say, like, okay, well, if that's the case, 
Would you be able to show me to your mom and them? Would you be ashamed? You know, would they have a problem with that? And we never really get an answer to that question. So when Derek shows up, I was kind of surprised that he showed up for the uh, for the formal. But I mean, throughout the formal, it's very clear that the two of them have chemistry. I, I don't like Derek and I really want them to not be together, but they understand each other like they they understand each like uh each other's like likes and dislikes it was very quick where he could kind of pick up that she was uncomfortable and he very was very much was protective over her in plenty of ways um so that was cool to see okay every episode we're asking well why is Keyshawn with this man why is she with them so now we kind of see okay what we see where it is and where it started but uncle cliff as the narrator makes a point of pointing out that they think that this lust is love Uncle Cliff said lust, what, two or three times. And like, mm-hmm. although it didn't really look very lusty, they like Uncle Cliff makes it clear that this is not love. It was never love. And that they kind of hopped in uh into each other's arms probably a little too soon than they uh, or sooner than they should have uh, from and, his point of view. And I and another point that I like to make is that people trauma people often mistake trauma bonding. For Mm -hmm. love. I was reading this article where it was like saying that if you ever meet someone for the first time and you guys are dating and you're like, oh my God, I get the butterflies. And we're like, oh my God, I feel like I know you forever. Uh, And people are like, people make this mistake of actually thinking that it's like uh, the butterflies in their stomach are saying like, oh my God, this is like love. When actually the article that I was reading was like, you should run. Because mm. that the butterflies that you are getting in your stomach are actually your body warning you. And if you have been around this person never before and you are like i feel like i know you then it is like your traumas or the 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 negativity is what is creating this bond and that it will for sure play itself out and we learn that Derek's father uh is physically abusive to him and one would lead that if a child is being physically abused from their parent they would get the sense of unwantedness like they they are unwanted and we know that Keyshawn in this situation where she is currently living whether or not her father loves her he still allows this woman to reside over the home and what she says goes um and so we get this feeling of Keyshawn not feeling unwanted and so it's like again you're right lust and these and these children essentially trauma bonding and we know the night of the formal that I swear by the moon and the sun. <laughs> okay. Day was making sweet love. And from sweet love came a baby. Yeah. Was it, were we led to believe that this was the only time it happened? I, because we they were, kept, yeah, because they kept saying it was a mistake or it shouldn't have happened or people mess up. And I'm like, so was this a one-time thing and it just kind of spiraled out of control or were they dating? They don't get into like the ins and outs of that, but I really want to know if it was just like, Keyshawn and him had a moment and then they went about their day and then it was like a few weeks later she's like by the way you know now we in a bind I really wish they had explained a little bit more into that but we can fairly say assume that it was early on in their relationship mm-hmm. another gem that dropped was and Derek from what we can see as viewers during this flashback has not been physically abusive to Keyshawn. Keyshawn ends up pregnant. They are clearly living in an apartment, not at Derek's home or at uh, her father's home. And, you know, we see that, you know, Derek is showing some clothes that his mom sent and Keyshawn's like, that's ugly, that's ugly. Derek's like, you should be appreciative of this. And Keyshawn's like, appreciative of what? She didn't want anything to do with me now and now she's sending us half clothes here and 
we learned that the apartment that they are in, and you know, one can assume that Derek comes from an affluent family as well. Um, but we learned that Keyshawn's dad is the one that put the deposit down on their apartment. We learned that Keyshawn is working 12 hours a day pregnant at Walgreens. We learned throughout this relationship, Keyshawn has been the breadwinner the entire time of this relationship. Mm-hmm. And if and unless Keyshawn graduated before that baby was born, Keyshawn is still a teenager as well. You know, so like this is a teen mom doing all of this stuff. She got put out of her uh, house clearly, but now she is the one like carrying Derek. And you and I have talked about this before. The stigma about being an exotic dancer or a stripper or even sex worker or whatever, and people like look at them as like, oh, they're in such. They, something must have happened in their life to where they they had to turn to this or whatever. Sometimes this is just a very lucrative career, honestly. And if you're in a tight position and you have you know a natural beauty like Keyshawn does and like you know the athletic ability, then she was able to use it to to make a way for her family because working at Walgreens and trying to support a baby and Derek on minimum wage, probably that's not going to cut it. So she had to make necessary moves and I appreciate her for being able to do that. But man, I really wish she would get rid of Derek because it sucks that she's been taking care of him for that long. They on baby number two now, Bryce. Uh, Yes. And, and we see, and it, it's just so surprising because again, it's like you learn all this information. Like you would think that again, from the outside looking in, maybe Derek is wooing her with money or, or things. And really it is Keyshawn. And really she's just with him for the, other than the fact that, She's been with him and mm-hmm. we, we, he then starts abusing her while she is pregnant and kind of sort of the fast forward because it's like two parts of this, this that I want to break down. So we can kind of sort of break down the Keyshawn story and then we can kind of go back and pick up the other pieces of how uh, Keyshawn relates into current times. Uh, but, you know, Keyshawn returns from the Dirty Dozen tour and, you know, home to meet Derek and Derek and the kids and the kids are crying and Keyshawn is like what, what, what's going on why the baby crying and Derek's like oh I don't know and then of course we see Keyshawn at the doctor's office and the, for me first of all again here come my social worker hat um, you know when they're saying tennis elbow in a three-year-old and the way that this white doctor is basically uh, and again I, I would one can only assume, and again, this is just me assuming things, is that, like, I feel like this doctor must be a Derek family friend because doctors are mandated reporters. Right. Where is the police? Okay, and (laughs) the fact that the doctor is just like, oh, it's okay, and then who, again, comes to save the day? A black woman. A black nurse is, like, looking at the baby more, and they are concerned, but again, my question is, I don't care what day and age this is, uh, mandated reporters anytime a doctor anytime a a school person anytime anyone sees that are in these capacities see any signs of abuse y'all supposed to be calling the people Mm -hmm. he sure should not be walking out that baby that doctor's office with that baby right and we know Keyshawn is innocent but y'all don't so here's the thing though listen here come my social worker come in okay she might not be abusing the baby but baby your 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 protective 
capabilities, in my opinion, from this brief assessment are diminished. And you aren't doing what you need to do to protect this child by leaving this child with him. So no, I'm going to have to step in and put in a a safety plan. I'm going to have to come in and do a walkthrough. I'm going to have to come in and get to figure out where the family support is and who we can put in to put a safety plan in to ensure that these children are being supervised because your protective capacities are diminished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to start thinking of some interventions here. We yeah, cannot allow bad. this. We got to look. Can't, when I saw that baby back, I thought that was the, I thought Keyshawn was about to walk out of that office without that baby. I really thought that was the drama of the yes. episode that was coming. I was like, what's Keyshawn going to do now that they're taking a baby like TT? You know, that's what oh. I thought. But 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 um, to see it like this, where Keyshawn gets to go back home, it's like, okay, now Keyshawn, let's think about this. I understand that you're upset. But what are you going home to do? Because if you're going home to try to reason with Derek, based on the flashbacks, you ain't been able to reason with him since you was a child. Since you were like, since you were pregnant, you were getting choked, you know, to like within an inch of your life. And so for you to go home and think, okay, now I'm finna go talk some sense into this man, Keyshawn, you messing up. You listen. That was a time for action or to run, you know, not to come talk. There is a song of an artist that we no longer speak of, but I believe it is when a woman's fed up. Mm-hmm. And I really do think there was another thing that Uncle Cliff said. And again, uh, about Keyshawn was that like, you know, there have been many people that have tried to step in to save, but to save her. But the reality is she can only save herself when it is time to save herself. And I would like to believe that this might be the pivotal point for Keyshawn to say, listen, you can beat me. That's fine. But what you will not do is beat my children. And Mm. that's essentially what Keyshawn says to Derek. Derek, again, is physically abusive to her. And, you know, she's kind of just left in this very weird place where she's still at home. However, we do know that Keyshawn is the breadwinner. And we do know that at the, like, we see Keyshawn multiple times this season creating plans, making things happen. So it just would not surprise me if this is the catalyst that Keyshawn needs to leave Derek. Yeah, what's the song? I like, don't save her. She don't want to be, be saved. Sa- hey, look. I want to be saved. Say- like, like, <laughs> like, that's, hey, you can't want it more than them. That's that's something that uh, people, I know educators, social workers, but family members, friends, you deal with that where you want somebody to be out of a situation so bad that it starts to affect you and your mm-hmm. livelihood and your happiness. And that person keeps going back. Like we've seen Listen, it with, uh, with Diamond. You know, Keyshawn all in Diamond face. I, I really wish I could have better. And I'm tired of this man beating me. Then when it comes time for, for the gun to get pulled, mm-hmm. she put it on Diamond. Uh, on so, Diamond. Right. So this was this was hard to watch, but it, it's it's so telling. And I think Uncle Cliff was right. She got to be ready to do it on her own. Also, we see in the past that when Derek chokes her, he apologizes. Mm. And Keyshawn, when she got choked out when she was pregnant, she decides to go back home. I'm going home to my stepmom. She beats on the door. And they like, you ain't welcome here. None of your, you, you and your drama and your teen pregnancy. Don't that's not around my kids. Your daddy don't want nothing to do with you. You got to go back home. So Keyshawn really don't have nowhere else to go but the one welcoming arm that she gets, which is also the person who is hurting her. And so she goes back home. Derek's got the the flowers everywhere. And Keyshawn mentions this later on. But sometimes you just, it's a grand gesture to make people feel like they're in control or that they have the upper hand when they really don't. And the first iteration of that we see is right here. And so it's more of the same. Keyshawn going back to Derek and confronting him is one step, but 
that's not going to keep your kids safe. So you really need to start thinking of an exit strategy or figuring out what you're going to do next. Right. Or making that your priority and not being mm-hmm. a superstar in your name. And it's really about your safety of yourself and your children. And I think this might be the wake up call that Keyshawn really needs. And that really is kind of the full circle of the story of Keyshawn. Now, while this backstory is playing, other stuff in real time is happening uh, back at the Pink and the Dirty Dozen tour. So back at the Dirty Dozen tour, Jocelyn, the night of Mississippi Day or Mississippi night, you know, Jocelyn's like, I want to see you. I'll come back to my hotel. So uh, the rest of the crew is back at the hotel, which is Wody, Big T, uh, Lil Murder, and Keyshawn. They're all counting money. And again, another thing that's really confusing for me is like, they're all counting the money that Keyshawn made, but why are they bagging it up to give to Rome? It's like something that I just don't understand about the breakdown of this tour and Rome's position as just Keyshawn's manager. Uh, I, I just don't understand how the money flow breaks down for me. But Right, right. And even at this point, Lil Murder and, uh, and Wody aren't really a part of this uh, part of the tour. Like they're there, but Teak, Lil Murda, Wody, they're not involved in Mississippi night. This is Mississippi's night alone. And so, yeah, I don't know if they're just because they're in the room, they're helping them bag it up. I, I really don't understand why they're, why they're filtering their money through Rome, but this is basically Mississippi and Rome's money. So I think in my mind, it goes, the money goes to Mississippi and then she gives him his cut. But maybe, maybe I'm tripping, but you know, um, that's not what we see. Not at all. And Rome comes and he's like, you know, we're heading to the Jocelyn party. Here is you guys' room keys for the next hotel. And little murder's like, well, yeah, it's like, okay, we going. And Rome is like, no, this is just for me and Mississippi. And y'all better just be lucky. Y'all get rooms. And listen, you ain't going to talk to little murder like that without big T huffing and puffing and saying, what's the T? Yeah. But big T, he is, um, He's huffing and puffing a lot. Like, uh, they don't really address, like, a lot what happened on the last episode. But we know this as people, the people in the posse, we know that that it didn't end well. It did not end well on Mr. Teak. We don't know where him and Lil Murder, where they stand. And so he's doing a lot of, like, kind of, like, whining in the background. And so this mm. is just one other thing that pisses off this already a very angry man. And but not just whining though, like you know, doing a lot of whining. And mind you, Big T is a big guy, so when he whines, it's a big real huff puff. Mm-hmm. So you know, Wody and Keyshawn is sitting there like, but why he yet like you know? But the only person that uh, apparently can communicate with this is Lil Murder. And I mean, we've seen how he communicates with it. And I mean, quite frankly, I mean, he could communicate with that with me too. And I, Stop I would it. be okay. Stop okay. it! Stop it! This ain't about you. <laughs> Look. Look, I did like the moment where he starts flipping out and like it's happened two or three times. Like he keeps whining. <laughs> and finally, uh look, Mississippi looks like are they they must be messing with each other. She don't even something. say it. It's it's she just the looks. black people's nonverbal. Uh-huh. And she look. looks at Wody. And, and Wody hits her with the you know, like mm-hmm. No, but you gotta describe it. It's the yeah. black people nonverbal. So during this argument, Keyshawn look at Wody like, and then the caption literally reads. Are they effing? Yeah. And Wody looks back. Like, yeah, I think they effing. I think they effing. <laughs> you know, because that's the thing. You know that Big Teak is here, but they're not keeping an eye on what's happening after, you know, once the doors are closed. Like, they don't really care about that kind of stuff, or at least they hadn't thought to. But now it's very clear that 
there's a lot of tension here, and it's not like normal you and your homeboy tension. There is something uh, here. Somebody actually kind of scorned. Tension. Yeah, <laughs> it's a scorned, scorned lover going on, and they both peeped it, and that was funny as hell, because every black person know how to give somebody a look from across the room and be like, you just... Yes. Okay, I thought, all right, bet. Like, it, no, no words need to be spoken. We see it. And so, uh, whatever happens there, we then, Mississippi is like, uh, because now... Big T storms out, and who has to go come for Big T is Lil Murder. So now it is Keyshawn and Wodey, and Keyshawn is like to Wodey, I'm going to go upstairs. I'll get your keys for the hotel room. Like, don't worry about it. So Keyshawn is getting dressed. She goes to Big T. She goes to Rome's room, and Rome is in a Versace robe just chilling. And she's like, I thought we was going to the Jocelyn thing. And she's like, and uh, Rome is like, uh, you know, we don't have to be on time. And he's like, I got some bad news for you. The wig deal fell apart. And Keyshawn is like, well, what do you mean? I'm, I'm wearing the wigs. I'm telling Dom and Jocelyn to tag me. Like, wh- wh- what's happening? He's like, yeah, they didn't want to give us a the back end that we wanted. And so he's like, I have a new business deal for you. And it's these shoes. And Keyshawn is like, stripper shoes. And again, here is another level of which we see Keyshawn is a smart and educated girl. So Big Rome is saying, yeah, they might be stripper shoes, but we are getting a bigger end on the front deal. And Keyshawn is saying, okay, it might be a bigger end on the front on the front end, but in a smaller niche market. However, with the wig, everybody wears a wig. That market is huge. Like, So I, I would actually take less percentage in a bigger market than a bigger upfront and a smaller niche market. And so again, we hear, we see Keyshawn knowing her ish. Yeah, I mean, even with just wigs in general, when you market a wig, you put them on someone's head and you show the person's face, right? Like, so it could very much be like with the lashes, Keyshawn's face, with the lashes, with the wig, you know, all that could be a part of the presentation. Whereas if it's a shoe, shoes don't have the face in the picture a lot of time. Like I buy right. J's and I don't see Michael Jordan nowhere near them. You know what I'm saying? But if Keyshawn is selling wigs, she's a part of that brand. Whereas like, so it just makes more sense in general to do something like that deals with the face. Cause also what we, we know and everybody continuously says is Keyshawn is beautiful. Like naturally beauty, like natural beauty. Uh, Uncle, Uncle Cliff said she just didn't know it for a lot of, t- uh, a lot of her right. childhood, but she, she pretty. So I was like highlighting her face, you know, and the wigs because they're, you know, more universal is definitely uh, a better business um, like move than some stripper heels because there's a difference between heels and stripper heels. Like you can, you can peep a stripper heel from a mile away. Um, And so she's not wrong that that is a niche market. Yes. And so Rome is like, well, try it on. And again, we get this Cinderella yet again reference again with the stepsisters and now Rome is saying try this try this shoe on try this shoe on and she tries the shoe on and he's like does it fit and she's like yeah and so he's like I bet you would look great in your like outfit for tonight so she goes in the bathroom she tries it on and she's looking at it and then all of a sudden yeah he's here um one thing I noticed about the 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 shoes fitting perfectly is that they call back to the moment where Derek shows up for the uh, the dance and he has the outfit for Keyshawn and it fits perfectly. And uh, later on when she comes in late, her stepmom points out that, yeah, he's buying you stuff that seems like it fits you, but be careful when you become someone's Barbie doll, right? Mm-hmm. And so we fast forward here and it's the same exact thing. Hey, like, hey. does that fit? 
yeah, that fit. Just because it fits you don't mean it's for you. And so, right. um, or did you pick it out is the question. Right. Did you have any say so in this? Or are you being forced to do this? And it really looked like she was up until the point where Rome is, he- Rome is here and his robe is open. The Versace mm. robe is open. Mm. And he's like, so what's up? And we very much like this. This is a dark turn in the episode for me. I mean, it's been a dark episode in general, but right here, I started to get real uncomfortable because I'm thinking Rome is about to try some stuff and he does. And that he does. And normally, with the presentation that Rome is giving us is something that I would be like, boy, right, wait Bruce. a minute. <laughs> but, where them heels at? <laughs> okay, let me see if they fit me, okay? <laughs> Give me a second. I could put some strings on Rome, but listen, uh, no, actually, Rome essentially tries to assault Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he really kind of like unveils his plan was really like all of this was really just to woo Mississippi over so that he can have sex with her, which am I a plan is like, why are you like all of this for that? Like, sometimes I just feel like people can be so stupid and so one-sided and it's just like again we never liked Rome from the get-go we always do something with shady with him and he like uh, literally physically tries to assault Keyshawn but Keyshawn is a fighter she fights she gets away she's running down this hallway in this like almost Tina Turner what's Mm -hmm. love got to do with this scene where Tina is running across the highway Um, And again, it's like at Tina's peak of her career, at the peak of Keyshawn's career, where she is right now on supposed to be a great night, the Mississippi night. And yet, like behind closed doors, even I think of like, if you ever have you ever seen like uh, the Reefa show, uh, uh, Respect with Aretha Franklin? Yeah, 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 I did. The scene with the elevator, like one of her biggest Mm -hmm. nights. And like, you know, she's being abused by her husband and she is running. She runs to Rome's room and I don't know if there is like, to, oh, to another Wody's thing, room. to Wody's room. Another mm-hmm. thing that Rome says before he tries to assault Keyshawn is that I seen you kissing little murder, but we all know little murder doesn't like that. And Keyshawn's like, what are you talking about? And Rome got a whole video got, on his phone. Sir, now Rome, sir, how, how you, why how you procure? Why did you so, Rome. Okay, is, Rome. Is the airdrop on? Right, Rome. Right, <laughs> Rome. Rome. Why are you collecting these videos and why are you selling them to Bryce? Like, what's happening? Okay, doesn't make sense. And we know a big part of the. So Keyshawn is again very smart. She realizes that she probably is the money maker of this tour. However, it is like a Kanye. Kim Kardashian situation. Mm-hmm. Kim Kardashian is in her own right a star, or we can even say Pete Davidson is. A, but when they're together, there's something about them together. And Keyshawn knows that, like the image of her with Little Murder right now is what really is putting her over the top, even though she is the star. So the fact that Rome is kind of using this leverage over her to be like, "Well, I'll blow up your whole spot," and then what? Um, so she runs to Wody's room, explains everything that happened to Wody. And, you know, again, do we see another night in Wody uh, yeah. where she is running for help? Now, also at times, I did also question a couple of scenes this episode. 
Was there a love connection with Wody and Keyshawn? Were there kind of sort of sparks or were, is it just like they see each other? Yeah, I think it's a little, probably a little bit of a, a lot of it, right? So you got like Mississippi, who we know is kind of in a loveless situation. Uh, so we've seen her connect with Diamond. We've seen her kind of, you know, make eyes at um at Lawody. And so I think, you know, like whenever she comes across somebody who comes off gen- genuine, because I don't think we've had any complaints about Diamond or Wody so far. So I think if you come off pretty genuine, she will, she'll like warm up to you kind of in the same way that she did with Derek at first. Um, she also likes to be saved. Diamond is stepping into a role where he'll save you. Wody is like the listening ear whenever this stuff starts getting crazy. And we see in this episode, he too will save her. And so again, Keyshawn is not helpless because she goes and seeks out the help when she needs it. And in this moment, she went to the one person who would be just as invested in keeping uh all of this under wraps because not only does she need to snitch on Rome because it's the right thing to do and that Rome needs to go down, but also if Rome exposes this little murder situation, that's going to mess up Wody's whole situation too. Wody might not be okay or whatever with whatever his views are really on little murder and his whole situation aren't really clear, but we do know that he don't want it to interfere with the cash. And so, He's fine covering up for Lil Murder as long as he has to. And if that means taking out uh, Rome to to do that, then that's what he's probably going to do. And it's smart for Keyshawn to recognize that Wody is that invested in that partnership as well. Absolutely. And let's take it back episode one, two, three, and four. Wody has been peeping Rome the whole entire time. Um, it has not been anything new to us that Wody has not been seeing the type of style or the type of person that uh, Rome is. And so Wody is very aware of this. And so almost like Keyshawn going to Wody was like confirmation uh, that he is the scum of the earth. And now at this point, you are jeopardizing my livelihood with Lil Murda. And now something has to be done. And now at this point, like, you know, Keyshawn is like a sister to me. And now you're trying to assault her. So Wody pulls up to this party that Rome is having that. Have you ever been to a party like that, uh, Brandon? Not the first name. <laughs> no, no. Um, Bryce, Stiffer, I have not been to a party like that. Thank you. Okay. Just sure, because I, I didn't know what I didn't right, know. Why we still? I said I haven't been. Okay, to a party right. like that. Sorry, sorry. Okay, sorry. I just was asking. But if y'all that. having one, send the flyer. Okay. <laughs> Is it cash have to for, for re- Yeah, for re- for research. For purposes. research, we have to for do re- this for the podcast. Right. This is real journalism. Dang. This, listen, send Rob send doesn't understand. Yeah, send me the flyer. Airdrop Bryce the video. Look, look, look. Everybody wins here on it's the Purple Pants podcast. Yeah. So Rome is having an orgy, or as the gays will call it, it seemed like a bathhouse. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. It's just a party, like, like a nice gathering. I'm sure they're gonna have Bible study or something afterwards. But yeah, he shows up and it's uh it it they look like they're having a good time. So Wody okay. just has to pull Rome to the side so that they could talk about business. Yes, and we all know that Rome, in order to get business with Rome, you gotta a little. And so mm-hmm. Wody comes prepared and Wody is like, I want to talk about the tour. Uh, and, you know, he says, well, I know you like the good stuff, big fella. So brought you some. And so Wode, uh, Big Rome is more than excited to partake. But I guess his first inclination is like, well, Wody ain't never really that nice to me. So let me just say, uh, try it first. And Wody ensure uh, 
does a line, but does a, does not do the line that he provided to Rome. And he gives Rome, Rome then does look what we can assume is lines of fentanyl. And mm-hmm. as the overdose starts to kick in, Rome has a very serious conversation with, or no, I'm sorry, Wody has a very serious conversation with Rome. Yeah, but the conversation really doesn't matter because Rome is dying, you know? So like, Wody talking to him, but at this point, he's just rubbing in his face that he's killing him. He's like, you dying now. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say for yourself? Would you like to tell me where the video is with little murder? No? Okay, well, you're still gonna die, so you got a few minutes left, but you're on the way out, sir. It's Your time is up. Goodbye. I was like, man, Wody is really, like, tap dancing on this man's grave right now. And, you know, for me, for the sake of continuity, I do feel like Wody could have pressed a little bit harder for where the video was. You know, just I just feel like you know, give it to me, Wody, and I it's, I will keep it for safekeepers, but ask him a little harder for the videos. Uh, and uh, essentially, Wody kills Rome. Rome overdoses. Now, mind you, we don't know if Rome dies. We do just see him passed out. And being as though there is a huge fentanyl um, epidemic going on, we don't know. Somebody could have called 911. They could have came with Narcan and Rome could be resuscitated. This does not necessarily mean the end for Rome, but it is not looking good for Rome. I um, think it's over. I think it's over. I think it's done because I don't think you call the police to this kind of party until you have time to make sure this kind of party is not, uh, you know, is above board. You know, so I think when you call 911, you got to make sure that everybody in that apartment is okay with them coming or you got to give people time to get away if you catch my drift. And so I think he might, I don't know if they're going to get them there that quick. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. No, you you are right. Uh, another thing that uncle Cliff says during his voiceover is that uh, the relationships uh, that people around you can change at a drop of a dime. Your best friend could turn into your knight in shining armor. Your knight in shining armor could turn into the angel of death. Like basically just saying like these roles at times can be interchangeable who someone has around you. And that really stuck with me because it really does put Wody in a position of power now where he has gotten rid of Rome and, you know, essentially to keep little murders secrets safe and to keep Keyshawn safe but now it's like you know that saying where at times it's like you become the people that you don't want to become like you know like uh, mm-hmm. so I want it it makes me question Wody's intent and also makes me question season one of the pink and yes we know that Keyshawn and Wody both know about Little Murder and what he likes however Wody does not like that. Like, let if we think about to last season, why Uncle Cliff is so mad at Little Murder is because Wody saw Little Murder with Uncle Cliff and literally told Murder to like stop, like keep doing this, and it like you know he he it was more than like protecting your image. It like it seemed very ultimatum ish and so again like although Wody might know this information uh i still don't know whether or not does he really have little murder's best interest at heart is my question 
Hmm. And see, and I kind of looked at it differently. Like if 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 I am looking at it as Wody was not happy with the relationship and wanted to have this uh, over his head, you know, like an ultimatum, like do this or else. I think he gave up some power here. I think now that you've murdered somebody, you know, and if, if they can prove it, like, and now don't, don't get me wrong. They don't know that Wody did it. We right. haven't seen Wody tell nobody, but let's say Wody did like, let's say Keyshawn does know, or at least Keyshawn feels that he did because she's, he's the only one that she, to, you know, she told or whatever. Then now it's kind of like what they're having at the pink where mm-hmm. yeah, Autumn's Autumn stalker was murdered in the pink by Mercedes you know, Diamond is covering it up. You know, they're all in it together. And, so maybe I feel a little bit better about Wody's position now that it also feels like his hands are kind of dirty. You know, because at first I was like, what is stopping him from just being like, it's you do this or else? And so I, I don't know if I, it's because he actually is like a really decent dude who doesn't really care about Lil Murda's like private life and he just wants to keep his, you know, cash flow going or if he's using it for other purposes. I don't really know yet. All I know is Rome's phone better not show up at no right. diamond's altar. Because if it right. does, I'm done with the show. I am done look, with the show. Yeah, you got to look. You got to bless that kind of stuff. You can't let yeah. that get out. Uh, yeah, but I'm gonna lay hands on it. But uh, my thing is, do you think? Because we're at the end of the episode. But do you think that the phone issue is gonna come back up? Because we I, know that he's dead. I mean, who unlocking the phone? Is it in the iCloud? Is somebody gonna right. hack I the mean, cloud? Here's the thing, though. Like again. He is at, let's call a thing a thing, an orgy, okay? And at these type of events, I, I, I've heard stories of people being shot. Now, I'm not talking about no orgy, but I'm just saying, like, I've heard stories of people being shot. And before people call the ambulance, they go through their pockets. Yeah. And again, if Big Rome's phone is in his possession and he's still there, you could still unlock his phone with his face. Like, I'm just saying. Does it work if you did? That's a serious I question. Mean, I, I do know it works if someone is sweet. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I don't know why it wouldn't work if you did. I guess that's a stupid question. Just I just never thought about the it. Of the thing. Yeah, or, right. I mean, at this point in time in Chakalisa, they probably don't have that phone. It's probably at least the thumbprint. It's the, yeah, like, you know, so yeah they can get in there. They, they can get in there. And so I would think that um, yeah, yeah somebody, like, somebody could have it, yeah. And another thing is, when Diamond was getting ready to assault Keyshawn, I don't know if you peep, but first of all, he had a little ring light on his phone, and he was recording as well. And so mm. also, this makes me worried about this footage on this phone, because it's like, what if it were to get released, and may, then Derek sees it and thinks that Keyshawn is having a... Like, I, it's just, there's a lot of things on that phone that, again, I was being funny saying that, Wody should have did a better job getting that video to me, but I think he should have been a little bit more pressed about where his phone was. Yeah, Wody from the neighborhood, he's supposed to know you're supposed to, listen, okay. He is supposed to be aware of what you just said about people checking pockets. Like, that's supposed to be, that's understood, at least where I come from. And so I don't know why Wody wouldn't what while Wody's first mindset wouldn't be, if I'm gonna do this, I'm also taking the phone. But and also, I, Phones have trackers, and again, if Wody puts his hands off of everything and wants to make it look like a real OD, like why, he wasn't even there, yeah, like you know? so, just leave it be. So, yeah, yeah I don't know, but again, I do. I, I well, one, we don't know where the videos came from, so it's like, however, Rome got it. I'm sure, and again, then it makes me think: Could Big T be trying to sell Rome out? Because who else? Like, and I'm assuming this. I would. I am assuming that it was probably a video of. 
Big T. Well, that's what I, that's what, that's why I thought we were supposed to assume that he had a video of that night. But then I thought, like, maybe he didn't have a video of that well, night. Well, here's was the it... thing. Lil Murder is a gay man. So I, Uncle Cliff and Big T are not the only males in Lil Murder's life that he has knocked down. So again, th- this, uh, this could be Lil Murder's past coming back out. Oh, so you think Rome just kind of got the footage just off some like that's what I'm word saying, of mouth like, type stuff? Wow! Now I hadn't even thought about that. I just been looking at it as like we knew about Uncle Cliff, which I mean, there could wait. Was there a video of him and Uncle Cliff that time when they were in that car? I can't remember, but all that I'm saying is, yes, Rome had the video, but however Rome got the video is still alive and well. And again, I wouldn't even put it past Big T. Big T could have gave it to Rome. Oh. See, see, now you're trying to make the show even better than it is because that's messy. That's messy as hell. Like he that scorned about Uncle Cliff that well, he listen, he ain't writing him no postcards. To... Yes, and, I, I, I mean, and that is something that I know shit. that there that have been done. That's a, and again, it's this very negative cycle uh, of like these DL men. And again, I even bring in like my transgender sisters to this because it's that's how a lot of them get killed in situations like this, like revenge and like oh I'm going to tell or like you're doing me. And again, like so it, it's like it's this very slippery slope when you were dealing with men like little murder and when their livelihood becomes questionable and Mm -hmm. again it's a slippery slope because it's like you present this image to the world but i know you laying next to me i know your intimate thoughts and it's like how dare you it's just there is a cycle and so Mm -hmm. again what i love about the p valley is that it really brings in a lot of black queer gay things that a lot of black gay men a lot of black trans women trans men a lot of the black gay community deals with especially dealing with people like little murder and you get to see the ups the downs and like it's just a whole spectrum of things that i just again find so interesting um and which is why i just love Valley because i get to have these type of conversations uh which is just great so i um i'm curious to see how phone gate plays out i'm curious to see what happens how everything unfolds it's just really been an exciting season yeah we're about halfway through the season and i do have like there like i agree with you a lot about like what you're saying about the show being so good and these conversations being fun to have um and i hope the listeners are enjoying it too because i can do this all day and this is such a a fun show to talk about but i want to kind of plant my flag here and be like okay well in the last five episodes what do we really see here do we see um Teak being the bad guy. I hope not. I really, I really hoping that, you know, because I, I honestly think that like uh he might have hated Rome a little too much to just like because I hated Rome. So maybe I hope everybody did. But anyway, um, so I'm thinking like I'm hoping Big T is like not, you know, not that hurt right now. I'm hoping. But you um, never know. You never know. Yeah, no, a, I'm just saying an I'm enemy hoping. of an enemy makes them my ally. Right. Yeah. That's what I said. I'm hoping. I'm just my fingers crossed on that one. Cause that's like, that's, that's almost too grimy for me. Like, you're doing a lot. Um, but then, uh, I also want to know if we're ever going to see, um, we're ever going to see Mississippi sisters because I, I was thinking the same. Yeah. They spend a lot of time kind of laying the foundation for, okay, but there's this one sister who's very perfect, but she might be going through something with the dad right now. And then they just leave it. And I'm just like, they always had a good relationship. Who's and, to say that they don't pop back up? 
And when Mississippi came home from the night with Derek, the stepmom was on the couch, looked like she was upset. And when she was giving her, when she was giving Keyshawn that advice saying, you know, don't let a man treat you like a Barbie because he can then buy another one. Mm hmm just was leading to the stepmother not being so happy in her perfect little world and home. Yeah, 100%. That's what I'm like. I think that there's a lot more there that they could explore. Not to waste a whole bunch of episodes on Mississippi because I know she's not the main character. But, you know, I really do think that, like, there's a potential for those people to come back up. I mm-hmm. also want to know, and I was going to ask this, and I'm surprised that it happened on this episode, but that that kill game they keep doing with the winking. Yes. I was like, that keeps coming up in every episode. I wonder if it's going to mean something. Now, Rome being dead definitely took that out of kind of like out of the front front of my mind. I'm thinking, well, you know, maybe at one point somebody's going to get winked at and not make it. Um, I thought Wody should have winked at him while he was dying. That would have been dope. But he did so, do it. <laughs> yeah. But my also question to this theory is who has played this game so far on the dozen in the, the Dirty Dozen tour, right? So yeah. we see Big T. We see mm-hmm. Rome and we see Keyshawn. We have yet to see Wody. Yeah, we haven't seen Wody. Murder but, did it first. So it was it was literally all of them except for Wody. Wody. And Rome. Rome dead though. Um but, even Gidget, even Gidget played the game at one point Gidget. was the killer. Yeah, but Wody wasn't. And so I wonder, you know, I feel like after somebody dies while you're on tour, you probably stop playing the game. Um so maybe they they maybe they just leave it at that and Wody just never is the killer. But that might be foreshadowing for something to come later on. Yeah, I think that you are right about that game because they seem to play it every episode and it has to have some type of meaning. Uh, But yeah, just, it will be great. It's going to be so interesting to see the fallout of this Rome death. Yeah, I'm... Uh, they they're all in so much like mess right now. You know, I, I there's a there's a moment in most TV shows where it starts off like a drama to me and it starts to get very soap opery. And I think, like, when you start having two, three murder cases at one time, that's when it starts to, for me, like, all right, it's moving away from something that I really believe, like, as, like, a television show and becoming, like, almost like a like a, like a a funny version of itself. So I'm really hoping that it doesn't go there. Like, it's not there now, but I just know that, like, you got them hiding up a murder. You got uh, basically a witch situation with Diamond, a haunted strip club. Like, if you just outlined all of these things, you would say that this was a soap opera. And so... That might be what we're getting. I just wasn't prepared for it. We'll have to tune in next week to see what episode five is given. Purple Pants Posse, thank you so much for always tuning in to your P-Valley coverage. Chappelle, before we wrap this up, what you got over there cooking? Because I know it's a lot. It's not that much. Uh, First of all, Bryce, I want to just say last week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast was amazing. And you did some amazing work being able to allow a space for a lot of those women to tell their stories and their point of view about Roe v. Wade. And so I appreciated that. It was hard for me to listen to, honestly. Um, But I I was like so like touched by it. So I really do appreciate all of those women and things that said. But I mean, this is one of the best podcasts. You know, you get that kind of content and you get to hear me talk about P-Valley. And so uh, I think you're doing the Lord's work here. Um, But when I'm not here uh, ministering, uh, I'm over on the Rob Has a Podcast Network talking about Netflix shows with Rob Sestanino on nothing but Netflix. And so this week, uh, Rob and I were joined by Kirsten McInnes to talk about The Man from Toronto, the Kevin Hart and Woody Harrelson movie. And so it was a good time. Uh, but um, we are looking for what we're going to talk about next. So check out Nothing But Netflix and send us your suggestions on Nothing But RHAP on Twitter. Um, and we will try to get that worked in. Also, um, Big Brother is coming, Bryce. I know it's your favorite time of year. And so uh, 
I will hopefully be on some Big Brother coverage coming up. I believe it starts this Wednesday. And so check me out on the recap of the of the preview. I'm I'm calling it right now. No, I don't think I've officially been told I was a recap preview okay, person, well, but listen. are we gonna call my shot here? So catch well, me there. Yeah, catch me there talking with uh Rob and him about uh this mo- most recent season of Big Brother. But aside from that, I think I'm chilling right now, just waiting, going uh you to call me back, Bryce. That's all. Listen, okay. Well, listen. Well, we got some homework to do. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, if if. Chappelle and I are not here for a week or two. We out doing research. Just know that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chappelle. And this is, has been your episode 5P Valley Recap. A new month is upon us. And of course, you know, that means here on the Purple Pants Podcast, we have to have our Purple Pants premonitions. I'm excited to welcome back to the podcast this month, Gangsta Gurry. How are you? Hi, I'm so happy to be here. So happy to be back. It's a new month, new energy. I'm just, you know, as I was saying to you before we hopped on, I'm just grateful to be alive right now because it's crazy out here in these streets. And I'm just happy to see another day. Okay, how are you doing? over there. Yes, I am you know, maintaining myself. I am enjoying this peace and quiet. I am protecting my peace. I am, you know, resting assured Mm -hmm. that the boundaries that I put up are keeping me safe and keeping that the negative energy and people away from me so I am doing really well I feel that and I'm I'm glad to hear that listen I was just talking to one of my counselors earlier this week about how hard it is to like you know when you're trying to step into a new life and really trying to keep up new boundaries it's like a new way of living and a new way of operating and it takes every day to kind of just like step into that new energy and really just like hold those boundaries up so give yourself some grace in the fact that you know you know what you need you know what you deserve and you ain't letting anybody take away from you a step within the walls okay it's giving six feet (laughs) yes 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 sometimes it's hard because you know wolves come in sheep's clothing Mm -hmm. um and so you know sometimes you let the wolves penetrate the boundaries thinking like, oh, and then they reveal themselves. And, you know, at times I have issues with even when someone reveals themselves to me and I see that person for who they are, um, I still want to be the compassionate, empathetic person and still give benefits of the doubt. But mm-hmm. listen, I'm listening to the universe and I'm listening to all of the signs that say get away from me from all of this. Okay. Not today, Satan. Not today. Okay. <laughs> and my Phaedra Parks voice. Get away from me with all of this. Okay. Go away from me with this. Apollo, go away from yes. me with this. <laughs> go away. No, I feel that. And I mean, you know, it. it's important to listen to those signs and it's just like you can continue to offer that peace and compassion but when it when it bothers your spirit and when it drains your energy that's when it's giving choppiana okay it's a chop for me and I don't have to have any sort of attachment to you in that way anymore because it's not reciprocal and we don't have time for that we too we too old for that okay Mm -hmm. 
No, I completely hear you on that one. Listen, it's such a blessing to be back. It's such a blessing to talk about what we can expect as we are getting ready to go through this month of July. And I know that I'm excited to look into the energy that's upcoming as well, because I, as I was telling you before I hopped on, I haven't been pulling my cards. Like, I don't know. I had a little bit of a disconnection from my spirit for some time. You feel what I mean? Like, I felt mm-hmm. like I was just living for a little bit and needed to just like see life in the day to day. But what I came to realize is that those practices for me to just like tap into myself and be present they really helped me to get out of my anxious mind and get out of like some of the things that were holding me back so I'm excited to hop back into my you know my gifts and talents okay happen to my talent bag see what we got going on so I wanted to pull before I uh, hopped onto this call today before I hopped into the podcast I was like what deck should I use and I really wanted to tap into our hearts for the month of July and figure out what energies are going to be surrounding us in the month of July as it comes to how we are feeling you know we're in the midst of cancer season shout out to all the cancers out there my little crabby babies Um, because you know all the cancers they are so full of emotion but then they can be a little snappy but it's all about you know they sensitive beings so it's a very sensitive time for us um, as humans, and I wanted to see what is coming up when we are talking about our heart, okay? So, first card that comes out is going to be representative of the heart chakra. The heart chakra is coming up in reverse, so it's asking me to ask you, listen to your heart. What have you not been listening to your heart regarding over the, you know, maybe the month of June, maybe you're stepping into the month of July. What is your heart calling out for you to focus on? How can you tap deeper into your heart and tap deeper into the love that you possess when you are doing the things that you love? Maybe you haven't been doing something that you love over the last couple of months and it's time for you to get back into it. Okay. Where does your passion lie and how can you put into some of your passions this month? What is important to you? Why do these things matter? Where is not just your purpose, but like what is the why and what is the gumption behind the decisions that you are making as you are stepping into the month of July? So I really want you to take some time to consider the environments that you're finding yourself in. Do you find the same love for them that you used to? You know, sometimes we do some things for such a long amount of time and we just become so accustomed to it. And, you know, uh, pop stars, your favorite pop star is always reinventing themselves, always trying out something new. So maybe it's time for you to try something else out that's going to be different and it's going to play into your spirit a little better. How do you nurture yourself? Okay. What does nurturing mean? Bryce, when I say the word, you know, cause they talk about like nur- nature versus nurture. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to uh, ask you, like when you are nurturing yourself, how do you take care of yourself? How do you love on yourself? And is that different from maybe how you were, uh, how you were raised to take care of yourself? Mm, that's a good question. I think, <clears throat> When I take care of myself, which I feel like I don't do often enough, um, I Mm -hmm. think that, I don't know, I I guess I struggle in this area because at times I feel like when I'm taking care of myself, it's when I isolate myself. Or not necessarily Mm -hmm. isolate myself, but it's really just like me by myself um, in my own realm of doing the things that I want to do. And it's, you know, putting on a little music, um, Mm -hmm. a face mask, taking a bath, watching uh, a movie that I like always wanted to watch or, or getting a massage. It's really just kind of like pouring into myself, getting my nails done, um, mm-hmm. like stuff that make me for just myself. No one else make me feel just good, whole and complete. 
Mm-hmm. Like you can be good with yourself and you can do the things that fill your spirit. And sometimes you don't need to be around everybody else in order to do it. Sometimes you just need that moment of like, I call it like isolation. Sometimes I call it nesting. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I'm in my nest. I'm minding my business. My phone is on do not disturb. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be bothered. You feel what I yes. mean? Like sometimes that's what we need in order to fill our spirits. But I also know that sometimes it can go to the extreme where I, at least I can only speak for myself. Sometimes it's like I'm so far gone that it's just like it'll be like three to five business days before I respond to a text and I'll be like oh <laughs> my bad like your girl was hiding out in her bed watching RuPaul's Drag Race back to back to back every single day you know what I'm saying just minding my business and sometimes that sense of nurture and how we like to nurture ourselves uh, is different from how we were raised right so um, I think about the things that I like to do to kind of like take care of myself, you know, maybe isolation, maybe going to, you know, like go get a haircut, you know, maybe going to go get like acupuncture, all of this type of stuff. That's not what I saw when I was growing up. Um, and taking care of myself is different from what my parents did in order to take care of themselves. Like sometimes I question, like, did my parents really take care of themselves? Like, what did they do for themselves? Did I ever really see them value what it means to have like self care? And I want you to think throughout the month of July what does it mean to really just like love on yourself like not just the actions but also just like the emotions that help you to take care of your spirit and take care of your body to be you know very very gentle with yourself as there's a lot of change that is happening what does the theme nurture mean for us in the month of July and how are we allowing ourselves to learn new ways to take care of ourselves maybe different from the way that we were raised to understand what it means to love on ourselves and speak positively to ourselves. That was another point that I wanted to make. The The theme of um, self-talk feels like it's going to be really important. So I know that sometimes when I am kind of like in my little isolatory moments, that's when my demons are the mm. loudest. Okay, and that's when I can hear some of the meanest things that I think about myself and I continue to spew to my spirit. And it just feels like that's not helpful at all. It keeps you in the same place over and over and over again. And is that helpful? Absolutely not. So it's really important for us to check ourselves when we are kind of like in those moments where our mind is kind of like doing donuts and doing gymnastics and stuff like that. And it's just like, whoa, like, is this the way that I need to be talking to myself right now? Is this what my spirit needs in order to feel at peace? And sometimes we can't do that by ourselves. We have to allow ourselves to be open to receiving, you know, just like a little affirmation from, you know, the universe, from our friends, from, you know, spirit realm, you know, from maybe the little angel numbers that you see on the clock, a little five, five, five. Maybe it's just like, oh, wait, I'm going to change the way that I'm speaking to myself. So keep this in mind as we are going throughout the month of July, because this is going to be really important for our success and our growth. OK, so I feel like the month of July is going to be a really heavy growth period for us, and it's going to help us to really recognize what does our version of success mean? I know that, you know, success to some people, you know, I've idol, I guess, idealized it as, oh, you've got the money, you've got the cards, you've got all the physical success. And that's not what success means. Success means so much more than just that. Right. And it's just like you don't have to have all of those uh, physical, tangible items in order to make yourself feel validated. Maybe it's just you still being here on this earth to this day in the apartment that you thought that you wasn't going to get, you know what I mean, maybe years ago. And it's just like you've come so far. How do you allow yourself to recognize how far you've come and the work that you've done in order to get here? Do you appreciate all of the efforts that you've put 
into your life in order to get yourself to this point. So I feel like, and the thing about it is like, so I've pulled three cards, Bryce, all of them have come up in reverse. Okay. Whenever I see reverse cards, I'm pulling cards. It's like a theme that we may be struggling with. So the themes of nurturing ourselves, the themes of success and growth, the themes of tapping into our heart and allowing our heart to shine may feel difficult for us this month, or we may be questioned regarding a couple of these themes. So how do you allow yourself to look at them in the positive? knowing that you are successful, you know, what is your version of success? What does that definition of success look like for you? How have you grown over the last six months? This year has been, um, she's been, she's been a time. Okay. <laughs> she's been a time so far. Listen, I came into 2022 thinking she was going to be magic. She was going to be, you know, bells and whistles and excitement. And she's been a lot of depression, a lot of, uh, circumstances that I wasn't expecting. It's a lot of like, ha ha, you got me girl. Mm. Like it's giving very that all month, all year so far, you- but it's just like, if you know, it's reminded me of. Have you heard that sound on TikTok? Boy, we had a time last, <laughs> night. last night. We had a time last night. Okay, okay. We had a time this year, having a whole time. Okay, and the thing about it is, like, the year is not even over. We really just halfway through it. We really just get into the back half. So there's really so much more that's on the horizon that we may not even expect. And you know, the last card that comes up is feeling alone. If you've been feeling alone lately, what can help you get out of that space? What can help you to open yourself back up to people, environments, situations that help you to see yourself in a positive manner? And I've been having to allow myself space to, you know, reach out to people that see me um, and love me and remind myself that I am loved, remind myself that, you know, I am fine the way that I am. I don't have to question that. I don't have to shift out of, you know, being my true authentic self to feel appreciated or feel accepted. Like I am fine the way that I am. And sometimes you have to allow people to pour into you mm. so that way you aren't feeling alone and allow yourself to just like, remember, like people need people. We all need each other. Sometimes it's hard for us to recognize that. Or sometimes we're in our little rut where, you know, we do have, we feel alone. We feel like we need that moment for ourselves. And then when we reemerge, it's kind of like, you know, a beautiful butterfly coming out of the cocoon. And it's like, oh, now I can float around. Everybody sees my colors. Everybody sees me. I see myself. I'm ready to soar. I'm ready to fly. But don't allow yourself to get stuck in a rut and feel like you got to do it by yourself. Nothing was ever done by somebody alone. There's always been support in some way, shape or form for people to get to their next level. So don't isolate, please. Don't make this summer, you know what I'm saying, a lonely summer. Like, what can you do to get out there on your own terms? You know what I'm saying? Like, don't put yourself in any situation that's going to make you uh, get beside yourself. But at the same time, like, show up in a way that feels comfortable for you. And you feel like you are being validated, seen, appreciated in the way that you want to. Okay? Yes. So, that's what I got going on for the month of July. I did want to pull one last card from my Moonology deck just as a quick little affirmation for us a quick little reminder just to see um what we have and the message comes up and it says you are good enough Mm. okay you are good enough which is represented in the full moon in virgo so this is just a reminder for you all out there you're good enough worrying too much will attract more things to worry about okay Mm. Ain't no reason to stress. Ain't no reason to give yourself all of that because it's just like, you know, you create the issue, then it'll bring the issues to you. You ain't got to do all that. Everything is Gucci. Everything will be Gucci. Continue to affirm it for yourself. Continue to repeat it to yourself. Continue to have those affirmations around you. It'll be great. Have you been overly critical? 
an apology may be in order. Stop second guessing yourself and raise your karma by doing something good for someone else. When you do good for others, it comes back to you always. You feel what I'm saying? And it just reminds you like, listen, we all in this together. We're all trying to figure it out. Nobody got life figured out. (laughs) It's hard out here for a parent. Okay. (laughs) So we all just trying to make sure that we are good to go. And the way that we ensure that that happens is by supporting one another. Okay. So that's my forecast for the month of July. Yes, we receive it. Okay. We all in this together. You got me. I got you. Uh, Okay. Always grateful to have my spirit poured into. Uh, Can't thank you enough. Gangsta Gary, before we go, let the people know what you got going on, where they can follow you. If they just want to reach out and say hi. If you would like to reach out and say hi, want to follow, I am Gangsta Gurry all on Instagram and on Twitter. I ain't been on there a lot lately, but you know, I'm still around. So if you want to follow, holla at your girl, holla at me. You can also email me gangstagurry at gmail.com. Um, currently, I'm just honestly taking it easy. I just finished, uh, I was working three jobs over the last six months. One of those jobs has officially ended. That contract is ended. So I'm really happy for that. So I'm looking forward to just having a very peaceful summer for the time being. And then, you know, I like to ramp it up in the fall. So y'all will hear more from me around that time. Yes. Well, thank you so much. And this has been your July Purple Pants Premonition. Girl, where to buy? Oh, bye. (laughs) You know what? You know what? myself and others and this week I came across this little piece that really struck home written by my favorite you know who person (laughs) keep dreaming don't wait to think of or plan new ideas don't wait until you have enough time or money or courage Don't wait for others to say it's okay to dream. Dream. Dream up new adventures. Dream up new things that light fireworks in your soul. Dream up dreams for no purpose apart from allowing your soul the space to sing. My beautiful friend, dream so wildly big. Dream of what you want to do with your one wild and beautiful and precious life. Oh, my beautiful friend, dream and do not ever stop. Set your soul free. Release any limits. Dreaming big, even if you don't make it all the way, will get you a lot closer to your dream life than dreaming small ever will. Keep dreaming and keep taking steps towards bringing them to life. You have one precious life to dream up and live your most beautiful life. 
don't be afraid to make it entirely beautifully yours. Love you. Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the freak of the week? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me, might be you, might be It's giving first class up on a, uh, wait, okay, listen, and we are on to this week's Freak of the Week, baby, and if you don't know, then listen, let me just tell you, this week's Freak of the Week is none other than the rapper Jack Harlow, okay, I got a couple of things to say about this young man um, as reasons why I like him. One, Jack Atkins from the Circle and Survivor News. Um, we always share playlists and different songs, and Jack is obsessed with Jack Harlow. And he put me on to him. So I was like, you know, I like little Jack Harlow. We know Jack Harlow loves Survivor. We've seen Jeff Probst post that weird message on the Survivor account, like essentially inviting Jack Harlow uh, to bring his friends to see how Survivor's filmed. But anyway, so, you know, love the Jack Harlow connection with Survivor. Jack Atkins, boom. We also know Jack Harlow from his Little Nas X collaborations. Huge, huge, huge song. Okay. And you know, Jack was cutting up and you know, him and Little Nas X are really good friends. The BET Awards happened last week. Now, it's a lot to unpack with that as well. Um, so Little Nas X was somewhat snubbed by the BET Awards. We know that Little Nas X performed at the BET Awards last year, and then you know he re-released his album and he's been winning, you know, Grammys, he's been winning American Music Awards, and was not nominated for any BET Awards this year. And so Little Nas X, rightfully so, as an openly gay black artist who is a, a a huge star, uh, the fact that BET would not recognize him. Uh, you know, Lil Nas X said, I'm not going to the BET Awards this year. However, Jack Harlow uh, was performing at the BET Awards. And so on Jack Harlow's red carpet look, he wore a shirt of Lil Nas X to support his friend. Like basically being like Lil Nas X is still here with me and y'all going to see his face. Listen, we love it. OK, we love it. And so I didn't tweet it. I text Jack. I said, Jack, I'm getting you a Bryce Isaiah shirt. The next time you got a red carpet, you better wear my Bryce Isaiah shirt. So Jack said that he would wear it. Also, to get into the BET Awards, there was an interview that Jack Harlow did on a podcast maybe about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, where they were talking and Ray J came up. And they were saying like, well, you know, it's crazy about Ray J and, you know, his sister Brandy and baby Jack Harlow said he did not know. Now, it's unclear if he said he did not know who Brandy is or if he did not know that Brandy and Ray J were brothers. Now, Aman and I talked about this on the casual tea and a lot of people were saying, you know, they were calling Jack a culture vulture, basically saying that you are this white rapper and you are emerging yourself in this black community. However, you're not doing any of the research. And how could you not know that Ray J is not Brandy's brother? And how do you not know Brandy, the vocal Bible? So he was getting a lot of slack on that, okay? And, you know, I had some choice words for Jack as well. However, I felt like Jack was being authentic. And, you know, he is a younger generation, so he might not know. But, baby, 
on the BET Awards. Well, first of all, when Brandy heard that, she didn't clap back. Okay, Brandy didn't clap back. She didn't wrote a little rap song, but tell her, Jack, listen, I can rap you uh, for all the days of the world. You better put some respect on my name, as she should. So then last week at the BET Awards, when Jack Carlo is performing, and here, no shade to the baby boy, Jack, I love him. Formas was a little dry, a little, you know, just regular degla. But then when he did first class up on the stage got dark and it got quiet and Bay Bay, why did he bring out Brandy? Brandy came out rapping and then she started singing a hook and Bay Bay, Brandy looked it good. Okay, listen, 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 listen. I am here for that of the Jack Harlow, for him to make that mistake like that. Not, you know, meaning to disrespect Brandy, but in that interview he did. And then for him to then reach out and have her come on. The BET Awards with him and just essentially giving her her flowers. That's how you write a wrong. And we see you, Jack. And then I was doing a little bit more research on the baby boy, Jack Harlow. And I guess last week with Jack Harlow's nonprofit organization that he has, he has donated to three LGBTQ plus organizations in Louisville. Okay, each organization got forty five thousand dollars in a statement. Jack said, I love and respect the entire LGBTQ plus community. It's a no brainer to me but until everyone acts like it's a no-brainer there is still work to do this won't be the last time i use my platform to show and voice my stance and support i will use every chance i get to support this community and urge everyone to follow suit now listen here jackie harlow okay I see you and I appreciate there is nothing like a good ally, okay? And if you make good music too, and if you can write your wrong and get Brandy to perform with you, and if you're wearing a little Nas X shirt that's going to now get Jack Atkins to wear a Bryce Isaiah shirt, I am here for it and that's why this week's Freak of the Week is none other than the baby boy that is Jack Harlow. If Jack Harlow is this week's Freak of the Week, that means we are coming to an end of another amazing episode. I cannot thank my Purple Pants Posse enough for always supporting your baby boy. If you could be so kind to ensure that you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you can find podcast the purple pants podcast awaits for you to hit that subscribe button for you to write a review for you to give your baby boy some five stars and don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend that we don't need no white knights because it's a it's a it's a it's the purple pants it's the purple pants it's the purple pants podcast you better get your headphones and listen up quick it's the purple pants podcast you better listen in public might make your stomach hurt it's the purple pants podcast you're trying to unwind you better get that box wine it's the purple pants podcast you're trying to get your snack you better hurry right back though it's the purple pants it's the purple pants